And I don't think creativity says I cannot. Mm-hmm. I think creativity says I can or how can I? How can I, yeah. Hey, everybody, this is Gil, Dan, Manny, Josh, and this is the Bench Players Podcast brought to you by the Sandoval Agency. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bench Players Podcast. We are a creative agency full of many, many different types of creatives and full of just creatives in general. And all of us here as creatives have different ways of approaching creativity, of approaching our projects, of approaching what we do and what we're passionate about. Ranging from music to art to photography um, and so on and so forth. With so many different types of personalities, we have different types of creativity and we have different types of approaches and tactics. So we're going to discuss that today. Let's jump into it. All right. Creativity. Um, creativity is a, a weird thing to discuss, in my opinion, because I almost feel like it's that elusive thing that we're all trying to chase after. Yet some of us, depending on our personalities, some of us just get it immediately or are able to channel that more easily than than others. I feel like for me, creativity is something very easily to channel when it comes to certain things. And it's very difficult to channel when talking about other things. For example, when I am approaching a creative project as a designer, it's very difficult for me to channel creativity, oddly enough, for whatever reason, even though I've been designing most of my life. It's very difficult for me to channel creativity and to find it and approach it and figure that out. When it comes to talking, when it comes to selling, when it comes to speaking and negotiating, I feel that I can find creativity very easily and I can approach it from a very different, more organic yeah, I think I think if correct me if I'm wrong, what you're trying to say is that it's easier to create for others than it is to create for yourself. And I think to your point, I feel like when I'm listening to someone else's like uh, I don't want to say problem, but what they need, it's easier to come up with creative solutions for it because mm-hmm. you're not so close to it. I personally find it more harder to create for myself, whether that's um, you know whether writing lyrics or trying to write something like a like a script or just an idea. And I think, I think as we discuss in this podcast, we'll go through ways that we can channel um, that whatever writer's block per se or creative block or mm-hmm. creative burnout. But at least for me, my experience has been harder to be creative for myself than for others. I do feel like there's a lot of dimensions to creativity. Like you said, there, you're really creative when it comes to one thing or when it comes to somebody else's problem. But there's also like... I like uh, being creative when it comes to like storytelling, but I'm not a good storyteller. Mm. You know, I, I don't, I'm not good at writing, but I love coming up with wow. stories. So then it's like, I'm, I'm good at that. And I feel like I can get really creative with that. So when somebody says, Hey, you know, I need this. I'm like, well, what if it did this and this and this? It's like, that's great. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I can't, I'm not creative when I'm doing it, yeah. <laughs> but I'm good at like coming up with ideas to do that. So I feel like it, it is like very multidimensional when it comes to creativity and yeah. everyone, I think everyone does have something that they're really creative at, whether it's yeah. like something super day-to-day or something, you know, to you may not seem like it's creative, yeah. to somebody else it might. And I also feel like it's a more of a mentality, you know what I mean? than like something that you just acquire because when i see something say josh did i'm like oh that's cool i wouldn't have thought of doing that yeah for sure how, mm-hmm. how did he come up with it because he's being creative creativity with is also Ex- a mindset exactly that's interesting yeah. that's great it's and not just something might. you do it's it's a mindset that you're looking to how to do something exactly that mind. yeah 
I feel that it's like when I'm designing something, I, I feel like I have to beat the creativity out of myself. I feel like I have to work so hard at like finding, I have to wrestle this thing to the ground and get the good thing out of it, get the good design or the uh, end objective, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. When I'm designing, it's easier for me, like to to your point, it's easier for me to design something for someone else than it is to design something for myself. When I'm in my own head, it's always like, it's always going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that process and that it's still, I feel that it still ends up in this very creative, in for my for myself, this creative place and this place that I'm excited about and I'm proud of it just takes longer when I'm designing when I'm photographing something I feel that I can just remove myself out of it Mm -hmm. that I can get myself out of the way and and I think it's because of my nature or my approach to photography when I'm when I'm photographing something I'm more trying to capture something that's in the moment I'm not necessarily trying to create a moment I'm not Mm -hmm. necessarily trying to like pose someone and 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 whatever i'm genuinely trying to capture what's happening in the moment but in my brain it's a different form of creativity so i definitely think that there is a difference and what i've realized as well and i know we're going to discuss this as well is having a different outlet for my creativity has helped me round out my entire creative process. Mm -hmm. So having a different outlet for creativity, I know you do this a lot, Dan, Mm -hmm. with drawing. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it comes effortlessly for you um, when you're actually drawing and putting stuff out there. Mm -hmm. And I've actually always, you've always done that too, by the way. I've always felt that I wish I could be as free as you are when you're drawing and putting out drawings the way that you do, Mm -hmm. especially with the robot stuff. Because you're just like, Cool, done. Yeah, out, going but out. I'll, I'll add this and layer that, to it. That's tough too. That's a tough aspect to that. But go ahead. No, yeah. What's funny is you want to be free like that, but I, a lot of people want to be able to use their words and communicate the way you do freely. Yeah, it's funny how, to your point, when you're talking about the aspect of, I might not be the writer, but I contribute a lot to the writing. I think that goes in hand in hand a lot uh-huh. with the animation projects. Like, you know, yeah. my proficiencies, I've been writing since I was a kid, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you've always had great ideas. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, you got to listen. I want to talk to you, Josh, because I feel like, and, and I'm probably um, not analyzing this correctly. I feel like you remove a lot of emotion into your creativity. Because when you talk to me about your design approach and things like that, I don't feel like, I don't feel like you take it as personal when it comes to design. And is that is that are you is that a front or is that do you, uh, as far as taking it personal for like uh, like feedback wise or no taking it personal when you share it like I feel what? like if I tell you hey man I didn't da, 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 mm-hmm. I don't feel like it phases you as much as it would for me and mm-hmm. I feel like it, correct me if I'm wrong you're you're more methodical when it comes to yeah I think your approach it, it feels very functional mm-hmm. versus so like not that it's not artistic yeah but may, is that something that you hold inside and no your strong not. fortress no 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 that no one can I mean like I, I've always told you guys like it, <laughs> the design stuff has to feel natural and if it starts to feel forced you're going too far and you're making it more complicated than it needs to be you know it just needs to be functional like you guys said but also just needs to come naturally because sometimes like when you present stuff to me like oh here are three distinct options for me personally i already know which one i want you to pick right right? but again that's like my my natural self yeah yeah i feel like 
basically you, you showed me something the other day and it was three options and I just I desperately want to know what do you want and you're like no I want you to tell me right. and what's funny is like that would be very difficult for me mm. how are you able to stay objective with three options even though you pr- did do you feel like one is better than the other uh, to a certain extent but I think I get to a point where I won't present something if I don't equally like them just as much so you just bring three badass so, options yeah, at so all I'm times. like I, I'd be happy if he chose any of these and if he if you didn't choose my priority i wouldn't be faced by it because mm. it's still something that i created and i was i'm excited to share with you mm. yeah i don't know i mean it's funny that like the creative process and you know it's sometimes you find yourself uh, working backwards in a sense you know say for instance if i do a logo design i have maybe five to ten options and i'm like the first one's still the best one hmm. it's like why did i do so many i mean it's good to get all those ideas out and, and variations out but I always find myself being like, you know, the first one is still the most creative and the most natural feeling. Usually that's how it goes, right? Yeah. Usually your first instinct and your first, your gut intuition mm-hmm. is typically right. Yeah. With with logos, that's, that's a different topic too. I mean, that, that's a very interesting topic. I feel that in my design career, I have never been so insecure as I have been when designing a logo. Mm. I've always, always mm. felt a very massive insecurity when it comes to designing logos because every time I've designed a logo I have literally and I'm going to say this and I'm not going to say who it was for but in the past I've designed logos that have been put on buildings and I can see a mistake like I can see a mistake that was made maybe like like spacing wasn't like um Mm. and this was early on in my career by the way but I can see I can (laughs) see none of our current clients none of our current clients I drove by one the other day and I was like oh man we did that (laughs) yeah I should have looked a little off to me (laughs) yeah um and I've seen that and I'm like shoot dang it and I didn't think about it or like or I'll see a logo that, that that I designed uh, on a building or in a, on a sign or something. And then when I see it, I think, shoot, I should have done this. Like there was a better idea there. There was a better direction. There was a better angle. There was a better whatever. I should have. Yeah. And I see it and I'm like, dang it. And it's too late now at this point, you yeah. know, because you, you're not going to go back and say, hey, I have a better idea for your logo. Yeah. That you just spent yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars to reproduce on all these different mediums. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of like the designer curse, right? You're like, yeah. Or even just uh, for, for music, for instance, as well for us, like we're like, why did I do that part on the guitar? I could have done it this way or I wish I would have done this to it. That's a good point. But even designing, yeah, you're always going to be like, I could have done this better by looking at it, but but you just have to let it go. And I do, I do think that that works both ways too, because then you have, I have this kind of the same thing wherever, whatever I do, I, I feel like I'm more perfectionist and I'm not really a perfectionist with anything else aside from anything that I'm working on. And I'll just keep working on it. And I'm like, no, I need something. No, I need something. I need to keep refining, keep refining, keep refining. And then you're like, I don't even like this anymore. Yeah, anymore. But then you <laughs> show somebody else, you're like, dude, that looks great. It looks done. And I'm like, no, I hate it. Or like, it needs more work. And I'm like, well, and there's that balance of like, yeah. okay, you, you should just, once you're comfortable, once it, like you said, you meet all those parameters that are, it's centered, it's leveled, whatever, then you should just let it rest. And then I found that if you design something or, or you, uh, for me, it's illustrate something and I leave it alone and then I come back to it a day or two later and I'm okay with it. I'm like, I should just leave it mm. because then I'm just going to overwork it. And then I'm eventually going to resent it for making me work on it so much. And I'm like, I, I don't even <laughs> yeah. like you for anymore. taking all your time. Exactly. <laughs> let's, let's talk about each, each individually, your creative approach and then how that has evolved 
through your professional life. And yes, I'm following Chelsea Babbitt's pr- producer <laughs> notes. Sick. Boom. Boom. Right. Plug Chelsea Babbitt. Cool. Well, I'll start first because everyone's thinking. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it, in my responsibility, I mean, a lot of it has to do with marketing. Obviously, I do, you know, business development sales as well, but also on the studio side where a lot of it, I'll talk about the studio side because I think that's a little more, I guess if sometimes if it seems elusive to people, but it really isn't. And I think what it is, it starts with an idea. And I think the premise is that how do you take these stories further than you first heard them? And how do you tell people something they don't already know? Or give them something to talk about. I think that what I've learned for me personally is that how to get yourself out of the way. And I think that is my biggest struggle as a creative. And what I've, I feel like I've evolved throughout the years is one to talk less, listen more and filter uh, my feedback a lot better, but also get out of my own way. Cause I, I'm the kind of person that I will go through exhaust every option to hopefully end at the best one. And that's exhausting for anyone involved. So I think to what Dan was saying before we jumped into this was, I think sometimes you got to let it rest. I think, I think people are shocked uh, how fast we move as a company. And they're like, wow, how do you move so fast? What people don't recognize is that we've been doing and thinking about and talking about these ideas for years, you know? And I think that's the thing. If you were to have a creative endeavor, my question and challenge would be, if you knew this would take you three or four years to complete, would you still do it? And I don't know that a lot of people would say yes. So then the secondary question is, I think, find something that you're really, really passionate idea or whatever that is calling if it's work. And I think it's worth developing to that point. And I think the biggest takeaway for me is even in my approach is listen. And sometimes listening isn't actually just listening to other creatives. Sometimes it's listening to the things that are around you, like whether it's music or something randomly. I personally don't do side projects to feed my creativity. I think for me personally, doing more I don't want to say mundane things, more like functional things, like say doing the laundry or cleaning my garage in my personal life gives me more creativity because I think I'm always in my head. So I think I recognize that not being creative actually feeds my creativity in the sense of doing something more functional. That's from from my experience. How about you, Josh? What's your creative approach and how has it evolved? Well, I mean, it's it's definitely evolved over the years just because of, you know, obviously Currently now in the agency, we have a marketing team to help us with mm-hmm. uh, objectives, the strategy. Um, so I am able to uh, implement all those aspects into my approach. So I know what the objective is. I know what needs to get done. But as far as like getting the the inspiration and get creative, it's just more of I am very much the just start doing it and let the creativity come to me, I guess, in a sense, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. so just start doing. And then, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm either going to like the first draft or like the fifth one or become a hybrid of, of both of them. So I, I would say my approach has evolved just because of the elements that I have access to with, within marketing. What is something that you felt like when you first started, you're wasting so much time on finding false, well, maybe false inspiration or false creativity or false fuel for that. That you've now maybe like, or have you just been rock solid since day one? I wouldn't say rock solid, but I don't know. It's, um, I guess back then it was just more of I didn't really understand demographics and those those marketing aspects really because I wasn't they didn't have the marketing cap on yeah it was just more of like I'm a designer I'm gonna think what I think it looks cool mm. you know for me it's just what looks cool but that's not always the best it's not right for everyone and what are you doing to currently feed your inspiration because I think that's another question like people are like what are you into what do you it's like when mm-hmm. in the band days who do you listen to who are you inspired by interesting yeah and it was never really in my opinion i feel like it was never really it never sounded really similar mm-hmm. 
it just gets you in a certain place to feel creative. But what about you? Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of designers usually go to like the normal networking platforms like Behance or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a lot of social media, honestly. Like I would just keep scrolling through Instagram. Like, oh, that's cool. Find inspiration that way. A lot of films. I watch a lot, ton of movies um, that certain, you know, whether it's product placement or if it's yeah. just cool, um, lower thirds and just like title cards and things like that really like are super cool. So I usually combine all that. Um, music is a big one mm. um, for some reason. Like I can get inspired by music, even though music isn't a visual element, but it's just something that I listen to. I'm like, oh, this feels right. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, different genres of music can inspire you in different ways. Uh, honestly, like lately I've been finding myself listening to more more pop music than rock, which alternative rock is usually my go-to. Um, but just kind of switching it up is, has been nice. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I th- I think for me it's it's more consistency, looking for consistency because mm. I feel like when I hear a project right off the bat, it's one or two things. Super inspired and I have an idea right off the bat. You're like, heck yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna nail this thing. Or or it's like I have no idea what I'm gonna do for this thing. So it's either one of those two. And then it it, it usually always turns out like my search for my creative process is to more consistency to where I'm like, I get a project and I'm like, all right, do research, start, just start doing rough sketches or or whatever that is, just mm-hmm. making it more consistent. So I'm like, okay, I have this like streamline when something comes in, it's not like an aha moment. It's more like, okay, let's get to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I do illustrate a lot on my spare time and I feel like that does feed that a lot. And more more recently than ever, um, like Gil said, I, I've always done it. It's just more on now it's like on an iPad as opposed to before it was on like pen and paper and like just random stuff. I would paint random stuff, too. But it's just, you know, searching for something to do. I think I think I have a very ADD mentality. Like my, I'm very like I need to be doing something every yeah. second of the day or else <clears throat> I get super bored. Yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> so I'm always looking for if if I see something, I'm like, well, I think I could glue some stuff onto that and make it look cool or paint something and make it look different to excite me, then I'll do that, you know? Um, as far as like inspirational stuff for me to like, uh, get inspired or stuff like that, I, the same thing, just stuff I'm surrounded by, mm-hmm. you know, movies, Instagram, um, a lot of just even like walking around the neighborhood. Sometimes I'll look at a car and I'm like, well, that's a cool sticker on the back of that or mm-hmm. logos. Yeah. It's everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, how has your approach grown throughout the years? I feel like it's hasn't really changed much, to be honest. Uh, aside from me, like probably just exercising my creativity more now than ever. Before, I would just literally attack it mm-hmm. and then be like, "Okay, let me like you know be aggressive with this idea or my creativity," yeah. and then it always dies down. And then by the end of it, you're like, "I'm pretty exhausted. I don't know what to do." <laughs> and my favorite part about it. Now, I guess this is what's come a long way is the collaboration aspect of it, where I'm like, what do you think? What do you think? And then Mm -hmm. we we start to snowball this idea. And I know we do that a lot, too, with the writing process on stuff where it's like this. And then he says something and then we build and we build and we build. And it's like, I love that part of it. I think that's the main thing that has changed for me, because before it's like it's like Josh says, hey, here, take this, make it make it cool. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, uh, okay, I think this is cool. And right. that's it. Right, and then right. you're like, uh, 
I don't, I don't like how that looks. No, it's not cool. Exactly. Or it's like he said, it's not what the client wants. So it's like a more of a, a marketing mentality. Just because you like it doesn't mean the client's going to mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. So, but I feel like doing that, building with other people helps you gain a wider view of what the, what the concept should be. Hmm. And I feel like that's what's changed drastically in my creative approach is the collaboration and and i'm kind of the opposite of you where you said that you needed to talk less and listen more Mm -hmm. i feel like i needed to talk more and obviously listen as well but (laughs) (laughs) i needed to talk more because i was the opposite i'm like hey do this and then they'd come back to me like what do you think about this i'm like oh man you missed the mark huge so then talking more and being like hey this is the project filling them in hey this is the inspiration this is the um what do you call it the um references everything just saying hey giving them more more of a wider idea of what the client wants i feel like helps out a lot too so you know yeah. as, as a creative i think communication is it cannot be overstated you know yeah. um and it's something that you need to work on all of us mm-hmm. right like it's it's one thing to just be creative but if you can communicate what your idea is effectively it's game changer that's almost like more rewarding than yeah. getting the idea down right i feel like in my opinion sometimes when i'm like i say yeah. it once and they're like i love it i get it and there's no questions then i'm like heck yeah <laughs> i did it no bad mm. word but yeah you know what i mean like that's almost more more rewarding to me because it, it to me it's not hard to to, to get something down but it's hard to explain yeah. it right you know yeah yeah what about your creative approach gil and then how has that evolved so for me, I I feel like the last, I would say year, year and a half has been super weird for me. I feel like if it's been a massive growth year for me and just very, very uh, big change in what I do. Right. Um, Designing less. Yeah. Because I, I feel like in my career, in my, I, I started really early, obviously, and I started, um, a lot of people might not know this, but I started door-to-door salesman. So I would sell internet door-to-door. And I've always considered myself a creative person my whole life. Mm-hmm. And even when I was selling internet, I did really well with that. Um, I was actually selling, DV- or DV- I don't know if they were DVDs, but they were discs. <laughs> so <laughs> you would buy a disc uh, and you would put it into your computer and it was right. dial-up. Right. It was dial up. So you'd sell a disc and I would go door to door saying, you know, we 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 can give you faster dial up, you know, and you can have your own custom homepage when you sign up, you know, all this ridiculous stuff for two ninety nine. And it for me, it was fun because I would think of creative ways of doing that. So instead of following the script that they gave me, or instead of like just going like word for word, all this stuff, I would think of different ways to go about selling these things and I would, I would try different approaches and I would, I would do different things and I would try to think outside the box in order to do that. Then that transitioned into an actual design career for me somehow through a lot of different things. And I was designing every day, right? Even when we were in the band, we were creating and we were creating music and I was still freelancing and designing for different businesses and all, all the time that transitioned into the agency, which then I started to, marrying the two with business and design then that transitioned into a leadership position with design so i feel like my career has progressed 
very in very different stages and the last year and a half I have really haven't really designed much so my creativity has been spent uh, on or my creativity has been you I've utilized my creativity more in the terms of how do I how do I lead our team how do I speak to our team what are different ways that I can approach how when I write a talk or when I give a talk to our team which one resonated more what resonated more um, which approach works better from like an inspirational aspect, from a motivational aspect, from just, a, you know, an HR perspective, where should our company go? Where, which avenues should we be spending our time on? You know, which uh, aspects of our business should we spend more time on? So my creativity has, has been redirected towards these different things, con- constantly communicating our vision and our mission and figuring out how to how, how to best position that. It's been redirected there, which was really, really, really weird for me at the beginning. It was very jarring because I wasn't designing and I've been a designer my whole life. So that was very, very jarring. And then I realized I have to get that part out of me somehow. And I feel like right now I feel the same way because... I feel like I haven't played music in such a long time. And I do play at church every once in a while, which kind of scratches the itch, but it doesn't, it doesn't really fulfill that part of me. So designing and creating content for myself has been a huge outlet. I'm definitely not like, like you were saying, Manny, how you have to do mundane things in order to, to kind of not being creative, help fuels your creativity, which I, mm. I, that makes complete sense to mm-hmm. me. But that's not how my my brain works. In order for me to be more creative, I have to actually be creative in different places. Mm-hmm. And similar to you in the sense that I have to exercise that creativity. Mm-hmm. I've always, always been a firm believer of the saying, and I can't remember who said this, but I've always been a firm believer of this quote that creativity, creati- we, we feel that creativity is something that this magical thing that you kind of summons and then it comes to you magically, you know, in a, in a time of inspiration. Yeah. And then you get to work when, when it comes. And I've always been a firm believer that creativity is what happens while you're working your ass off. Mm. Like you, you can't just sit, sit here and wait and pray and, and hope that something comes to you. You have to actually get like your, your approach, Josh. Mm-hmm. Get to work. Mm-hmm. Get the ideas out. Get them all out. And it'll come. You know, yeah. it's definitely it's definitely a mindset. And I think, Dan, you said that. And Josh, I think you said, keep it practical, you know, mm-hmm. and I find it funny that in business and life, I feel like the things that we overcomplicate is usually answered by a really simple, you know, solution. It's really super plain and simple and common sense. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, move into like, how do you guys stay creative? You know, something for me that's helped me stay creative. And it's by the way, I think a lot of times when I say this, I think from a creative and agency standpoint, or even from the studio standpoint, I think people go, ooh, that's that's a red flag. And I actually disagree. It's actually what's helped me stay more creative is to stay more vulnerable. And a lot of times people, well, don't be vulnerable because it's not, it's not your art. It's someone else's. I disagree. I think we're in the battle of our mental state and then the instinctual creative state, in my opinion. And I think we operate more heavily with our mind than our instinctual state. So for me personally, I've realized that the more vulnerable I am, the closer I'm getting to feeling satisfied with taking the uh, that quote unquote creative risk, which I think usually ends up paying off. And I think a lot of times we're really worried about what other people think. Hence, we play it safe. So I think vulnerability doesn't look like this is what I want. Vulnerability is saying, I actually want to put myself out there 
to create an idea, a design, a concept, an animation, an idea for a film that could be laughed at or overlooked. And I've found that there's a lot of power. There's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of joy in it. And I think for me personally, the end product isn't necessarily the joy for me. It's the release of being able to say, wow, everything that I was in me, I was able to get out. And if you can point that at the objective, Mm -hmm. then honestly, that to me, it's that journey that to me, it's, uh, I think you said this a couple of podcasts ago, it's falling in love with the journey, the process. And I think getting ourselves out of the way and being able to do that, I think has been a game changer for me and has allowed me to be more creative because I'm less worried about the no's, people's opinions or any of that, you know, because people are going to have their opinions. A client's going to have notes. I think if you think that you're never going to get feedback or a revision from a client, then I think, then I, th- I don't think that's realistic. Yeah. And yes, the goal is to get as less as much of those, but I would say me bringing uh, my suggestion and for me personally has helped out this last year is just being vulnerable. I think that scares people. You think it comes from an insecurity standpoint? Like, a, like I think everything, being, everything being... comes from insecurity. Everything comes from fear and yeah. insecurity. And anytime you're doing something that's for someone else, in my opinion, of course, because your hope is that they would once say, I appreciate it. I see you. I appreciate you. I acknowledge you. I validate you. And the truth is that I don't think our validation should come from that. But I think that's, uh, yeah. as humans, that's just the way we are. Well, and, and, and as, yeah. as Americans too, right? It's really, it's drilled into us that your job is your value. If you have a better job, you're more valuable. If you, you have, paid, if you right? make more money, then you're more valuable. Right. If, How big is if, your house? Right. If you have a bigger house and you have nicer cars, then you're more important. Mm-hmm. You are more mm-hmm. valuable. So our value as human beings is, is almost like held hostage by, by the stuff that we have, by our position, mm-hmm. by, by our role, by our careers, which is completely unhealthy a lie, a sham. But when you were talking about that, I couldn't help but think about when you're going through uh, that type of mindset and the insecurity that goes along with being vulnerable, right? It's to your, mm-hmm. you, you said this, it's, it's fear, um, it's insecurity. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we inject ourselves into this thing. And if, if you don't like it, it means you don't like me. And if you start going down the road of this idea or this project that you just put yourself into is not what I wanted it to be, then in some way, shape or form that, that reflects on you, that you suck. If this sucks, then you suck. And to your point, you have to be able to put yourself in a place where you're being brave enough to put yourself out there. We say this all the time. You have to make it personal, but you can't take it personally. You have to put yourself in there. Some of the best projects that I've ever been a part of, some of the best things that I've ever done, I've put my heart and soul into it. Mm. And I am, I've been so proud of it. And then have a client say, that's not the one. I mean, how many times have we been in pitches where we're like, dude, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is beautiful. Like we we're like, this is going to work. We're super proud of this. This is great. And then for someone to just say, no. I don't see it. I don't get it. I feel like we would be lying if we said that that doesn't hurt, that it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good when someone doesn't really see it. And I think a lot of times it comes down to communication. 
how to communicate the idea, how we're communicating what, what we're saying. But I think you have to be able to put yourself out there and you have to be able to put your emotions and your feelings into it. And like you said, if you already expect someone to say no, if you expect someone to give you notes, then you're not going to be surprised when they do. And if you look at it as this is me versus you, then you're pitting yourself against the other person, which in this term is the client. If you look at it as this is me with you and we're collaborating to achieve this goal, then it's not a competition. You're not trying to fight this other person. You're collaborating with them in order to achieve a goal, a common objective. Then you can both win instead of if I win, then you lose. Mm -hmm. Or if you win, then I lose. But if we do it together, then we're both winning because we're collaborating together. Yeah. Josh, what what are you doing to stay creative and what would you give people advice for out there listening that, you know, to keep growing? Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, um, kind of touching base on what you said about doing mundane things around the house. For me, it's kind of getting that. Oh, don't steal my ideas now. Everyone's no, going to start cleaning their garage. No, but I mean, I am definitely, it's more, I am for, definitely not. For me, it's doing like more uh, <laughs> projects around the house. Yeah, I know. Like fixing, fixing up the house to the way, like, you know, getting, getting inspiration from Pinterest. And you're like, oh, that's the way I want my house to look like, you know, I guess using what I have. Um, obviously, you know, not having a big house and mm-hmm. expensive house, or whatever, but it's just more of like, how can I make the house that I have now kind of look like my dream house in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just, even if it's simply uh, simple tasks is changing out the faucet, what else I have light fixtures, stuff like that. It's, that's been really f- like a fun outlet for me just cause I'm like, I get the satisfaction at the end of the day. Like I did that. Uh, and, and it's the same thing with, with designing stuff is like, you get that. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Do you think it's more difficult to be creative now than it was say 15 years ago because we have the internet, you know what I'm saying? Like, so for example, Pinterest, it's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. right? Information, but there's gotta be something to be said that because there's so much information, we almost thinking less because we gravitate towards what we can find. I don't think it's harder to be creative. I think it's harder to be authentic, like, Ooh. you know? But just being original, like having originality is a lot harder now because the access, the internet access is yeah. abundant. So you can just dive deep into so many forums, so many articles and just finding like, I'll just copy that. That's exactly what I wanted. To well, do. And also, I dig that. also the idea that there's really nothing new under the sun. Yeah. So when you do something, mm-hmm. someone's always going to find, well, that looks like like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I it's, mean think about how many massive Fortune 100 corporate logos. Yeah look exactly like something else or how many artists have been sued by like hey those are the exact chords of my song yeah you know, the same yeah. the same um it's, bro it's, you can't yeah it's tough though i mean how many chords are there like yeah but then to your point i mean i'm getting deeper here but you talked about your house and you're saying well how do i use creativity to elevate my home um, the way that I envision it, though I have limitations. Mm-hmm. It's same thing with music, right? An right. artist has the same, what everyone has the same amount of keys, mm-hmm. right? Same chords. So how do you use these patterns and elevate it to create your personal, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. your, your your art, your music? So it actually, that's an interesting thing. I would think, I don't know, maybe 70 to 80%, I think creatives have a lot of limitations. And a lot of them tend to be stuff that, cost money and some of them that are more mental like what Gil was talking about like how you view things like your experience with a client or your your self-confidence I would like to think that that limitation is actually a good thing for you because limitations actually cause us to innovate and be creative right Mm -hmm. but I think we look at limitations as a dead end or I cannot 
And I don't think creativity says I cannot. Mm-hmm. I think creativity says I can or how can I? How can I, yeah. But I think it's it's a reshifting of the mind. And we're talking about insecurity. I would encourage everyone, just speak your insecurity saying, I actually don't think I'm that good. And I kid you not, there is this freeing power in that. And if you surround yourself with good people, I think you'll build your confidence. And I think every time that you share an idea, like Dan was talking about, like how you need to talk more, I need to talk less. I told this to someone, if you don't talk much when you start, things get better when you speak up and they will. And and I think it's like we're all just trying to prove the stuff that maybe we lack or that doesn't come naturally to us to even jump into authenticity. I think we think that's not authentic Authentic, if we're trying to prove something that we're not good at. Yeah. And I, I don't dis- I disagree with that. But it's interesting what you said that Look, we are inundated with a lot of ideas yeah. in advertising. Look, man, it's so easy to grab someone's idea and go, I'm going to just boost that. Just I'm just going right, to like exactly. change it just slightly. Right. And that's why like I really reference like just I think it's worth taking the risk every time. I don't know. And I might sound like a crazy person. Familiarity is a strategy. But what I'm saying is most people, if you ask someone, what's your favorite, whatever, they're just going to say what comes to them, right? But what if you could elevate it just a little bit? And I think creativity isn't reinventing the wheel. It just looks just like like just a little bit better, you know, a little bit different. And it's that uh, Henry Ford thing, right? If he would have asked people back in the day what they wanted, they would have said a faster faster horse. horse, (laughs) It's the same thing with creativity, man. I guess if I could wrap that up, what I'm saying is whatever you get asked to do, whatever you feel inspired to create, just take it a little further than it came to you. Mm -hmm. And I think creativity will happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Like I, I guess some uh, my tips for other people out there just do something different. Yeah, give us those practical tips. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's different for everyone, honestly. You know, like Gil just recently picked up MMA, right? So it's like that's a whole another outlet for you completely. Mm-hmm. And I've I've known you for twenty years, and I'm like, dude, you've never done anything like that. Uh, so so it's yeah. yeah, if it's different for everyone, but you know, I, I do think it also has to do with oppor- looking at it as an opportunity. Mm, you know what I mean? Yep. Like I recently purchased a car and the the door handle was broken. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, Dude, I, that I, door I can... handle was jacked up, bro. Whoever, whoever, <laughs> bro, so in my whoever, mind... <laughs> whoever worked on that door it, it, was. Yeah. <laughs> That door handle. Yeah, they we did a number. A, we, whenever but, we have, whenever we post these episodes up somewhere, we need to take pictures of what we're talking about so people can see <laughs> that door handle was jacked. Well, I think uh, it's easy to just be like, all right, I'm going to take it in. Somebody's going to fix it. I pay the money. I don't have to worry about it. I like to look at things as an opportunity mm-hmm. to use your mind. Yeah. And my dad would always tell us this, yeah. you know, use your head. You can do it. Use your head. Right. Think about it. You know, you have a mind. Be smart. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to tackle this. So I'm like, all right, I don't know how. I've never done that before. Yeah. I've never. So I'm I'm like, all right, I did my research. I, I purchased like one or two really inexpensive tools. And I'm like, all right, I did it. And I actually fixed it. And that to me, <laughs> I had to exercise my mind and your creative way. All right, professionals can do this. They have a bunch of tools. And I ran into a bunch of issues along the way. Like, mm. I'm like, oh, shit. It doesn't say this in the whatever, the YouTube video that I just watched. <laughs> yeah. Because this guy... That previously owned the car totally, you know, mangled it. So I'm like, how do I overcome this? And then you start to think and you start to think, all right, I could do this. I could do that. <laughs> and then you you fix it. And I feel like that, the every day, that is what, how I associate creativity in the every, in the day to day, where how do I climb onto my roof that you start to think, all right, I could use a ladder, obviously. So you start to think of different options. And I think that's how, what art or how you approach your your craft, that's how it is. You receive a task, you have an opportunity 
So you take it and then you you can either approach it like, all right, how do I do this? Yeah. How do I can do this? I can animate it this way. I have this style, blah, 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 so on and so forth. So I feel like uh, how I keep up is just by continuing to receive opportunities to be creative. Yeah. You know, like I said, there's so many dimensions to creativity you shouldn't limit yourself. And I, I agree, a lot of creative people do limit themselves. Yeah. But it, you have to break well, that well, and, and see see it as what it is. And you do this really well. And I've really been inspired by how you do this a lot, oftentimes, is I think a lot of times when people, especially when they're starting out, they think, well, I'm not good at that, so I'm not going to do it. And I want to exercise my creativity and I want to practice different ways of doing that. But I'm not good at that, so I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick here. And it creates that, it creates burnout because you're just, you're bashing your head against the wall trying to figure something out. And you've been really good at like, I'm not good at that, but I'll get there. So I'm going to start now yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to get to it. And then yeah. it's, it's an outlet, right? Like what Josh mentioned, I started in May, dude, I was so frustrated and I still am like to right now I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm frustrated because I want to be better at boxing than I am. And I suck at it. My son, I started it because I saw my son and my son was super good at it. And he's been doing it for a year. So I've been doing it for a month and a half, maybe. And I still suck at it. But it is such a creative outlet for me because Manny said this perfectly. Adversity, challenges, they're a breeding ground for creativity. It forces you to be creative. Mm -hmm. When you have those challenges, when you have limitations, that's when you innovate. You need those challenges and you need those limitations in order to remove yourself and step outside of the box and it forces yourself to actually be creative. Mm -hmm. And if you can continually force your mind to be in that uncomfortable place or force yourself to be in that uncomfortable place, you will utilize your creativity constantly. Mm -hmm. For me, my big aha moment for myself and everybody's different for, but for myself was realizing that I need to look at creativity, like solving a problem. I need to look at the challenge that I have ahead of me and I need to take it one bit at a time and figure out how to solve one problem at a time. If I'm designing a logo and I'm stuck, I tackle one thing at a time. What's the purpose of this logo? What are we doing? And go down that route. If it's to be, it needs to be bigger, flashier, it needs to, you know, draw your attention in more than what the previous one is. Okay. I go down the route of doing that. And the ideas are going to suck. And what I come up with is going to suck. But I'm moving in that direction. I'm solving that problem. I solved that problem. Now I have to solve the fact that this design sucks. This is not a good logo. So now how do I solve that problem? So going from one problem to another. But yeah. to your point, it's limitations. It's those. It's that, that adversity that forces yourself to think outside the box mm-hmm. and get yourself out of your daily norm. And it, it forces you to be more creative. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with experience. Because if you think about anyone's first drawing, anyone's first design, sure. sucked. I don't care who you are. Yep. Yeah. It, always, it sucked, I'm sure. Even like the people who created amazing things, they always failed at first. Their first attempt failed. Right. Their first drawing failed. But it, the difference is experience. You mm-hmm. keep doing it over and over. Yeah. You'll eventually build, okay, like you said, I did it this way. It sucked. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. It's just experience and consistency. There's a huge power in consistency, but that's another conversation. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and as we kind of land this plenty of last thoughts before we close. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Josh t- is looking yeah. at you. No, just touching at that. It was just more of like, <laughs> you know, um, 
Gil, which is he was better at boxing. Is like yeah. I think as creatives and as people in general, we f- we don't focus on the progress. You forget about Oof, it. Yeah, you know, you forget. True. Like, well, yeah, you might have sucked at day one, but now you're on day thirty. I'm sure you know combos now. You're better than you were on that first day. Mm-hmm. Like Dan said, it's the same thing. Yeah. Your, your first drawing is going to suck. Your first first boxing day is going to suck. Mm-hmm. But you're always going to get better. You can't go backwards. There's only forwards from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I think some of the closing thoughts we'll end with is that um, our dad told us one thing, and I always hated it. And I think uh, I'll say the picture, and then hopefully we can end with that, and then go do our amazing outro because he's great at it. <laughs> but, um, you know, as kids, we would cry all the time. Dad, I can't do this homework assignment. And, you know, crying, you know, yelling your head off. And he'd always say, there is no problem that you cannot come up with a solution for. So if you're being challenged as a creative, whether it's a project for yourself or a client, and you're like, man, I'm just not good enough, whatever. If this helps you, it helped me in my hardest times. The idea exists. It's your job to find it. And if you give up, you will never find it. So it exists and you will find it. To Dan's point, it's an opportunity and your limitations, I think, is actually your best opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's just how you're going to look at it. So keep creating and just understand that everything you need is already in you. It's just how you look at it. And I think the reward comes to the diligent that don't give up. Be creative because you were created to be creative, All right. period. Thank you for listening to the Bench Players Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I hope to catch you at the next episode. Until then, check us out on Instagram at sandoval.agency and on our website, sandovalagency.com. Bench Players.